this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. I am not a crusty crab. Ah, uh, what is up, good people? It is time for another Hard Rock Lunchbox. I can't believe it. Can you believe it? It's always a no! Yeah, Jimmy gets it. <laughs> I told you I'm going to get tired of that eventually, but not today. Is it going to be today? It's always a no! So welcome to the Hard Rock Lunchbox and the Top 20. I always forget the redheaded stepchild that is the Top 20. That is the first 20-ish minutes of the Hard Rock Lunchbox. I was actually having a lot of fun last week because I like to do the bumpers before the show actually starts, which is like little pieces of the show. And I just had like five of them that I thought were funny, but most of them had like this in it. And it's always a no! Totally remembering that I did not get the new mouse that I said I was going to get. It's always a no! <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Anyway, if you haven't checked it out, yes, most people haven't checked it out. That's fine. But it's on Stranger TV. It comes out every Thursday morning, roughly at midnight or 1 o'clock. And you can check it out, especially if you haven't had a chance to see the Hard Rock Lunchbox or hear the Hard Rock Lunchbox. <laughs> Seeing the Hard Rock Lunchbox is very much more difficult. Uh, but hearing the Hard Rock Lunchbox would be much, much more likely. But you can always catch the replay of that. That's on Spotify and everywhere else you get um, Everywhere else you get podcasts, but the video to see what this this whole situation looks like only on the top twenty, only on Strangerhood TV. Yeah. So, uh, what do they have in store for you over there? Well, I have the news, baby. Um, so the new episode is out, and it's about me wanting to uh, ask your Republican friends, which I don't think exist unless you're Republican. Uh, if you are at all left-leaning liberal or centrist liberal like I am, uh, ask your Republican friends what is really more important at that point because all the answers I'm getting are really, like, not good. But the rest of the episode is uh, uh, just talking about, like, ADHD and how hot it was. It was hot. By the way, that shit's coming back. And I have a soccer tryout on Wednesday, and my my, my man Byron was, like, talking about 101 degrees, like, <laughs> so yeah, four horsemen of the apocalypse will definitely uh, right. We're talking about emails, inverse relationships. Yeah, I would definitely check out the scene where I'm trying to divine what an inverse relationship looks like. It's it's 24 minutes. You'll probably never get back, and uh, that's that's okay. It was actually funny. I was on a uh, I was on an actual tech tech Zoom call with uh, one of the larger companies. In the world, actually, and I didn't really put all that together until later. <laughs> anyway, uh, I was saying uh, one of the the one person from the company that I was working with uh, that was on there is the compliance coordinator, and his name's Stan. He's just great. He's an older gentleman, former Marine, stuff like that. Like just 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 a great dude. But um, he's retiring in a year. And everybody knows it, right? Like, everybody everybody knows it. He's getting a really nice trailer. He's talking about, like, self-balancing and, like, where the battery... He's really, really excited. He's got one of those retirement clocks that's, like, you know, sits on his desk and stuff. 
And it was so funny because at the end of the meeting, the I guess the assistant to the CIO of this corporation it was like, all right, thanks everybody for attending. It was really like a, as meetings go, like this one actually had a point, like the point was probably like five minutes and then it was like another, you know, 19 minutes of not point, which is fine. But at the end of all that, he actually says kind of jokingly, he's like, oh, you know, anybody have any questions? Anybody have any issues? Uh, anybody want that 24 minutes back? And Stan looks right in the camera. He's like, no, no, I don't. And the reason he doesn't want those 24 minutes back is because he's headed towards retirement. And it's funny because I am nowhere near retirement. But when you listen to somebody that's ready to go for it, it's like, yeah, <laughs> that does sound good. Like, And I've always been like kind of plagued by it because one of my very first clients, um, I actually inherited them from the company I used to work for because... He called me and be like, I hate your bosses or your former bosses. Can you please come work for me and take care of my system? And I and I did. And I was I worked for him for another probably ten to twelve years until he sold his company, like for a lot of money. Uh, and then I got taken on by the bigger company that subsequently dropped me. By the way, every single time there's a merger and I've been an independent contractor, eventually I get dumped. So that just kind of sucks. Uh, it's not a great place. It's not. It's not a good look. And but anyway, what's funny is that he had a non-compete, and then like after those years uh, ran out, he immediately contacted me again because he built a website. So I hear from him like twice, three times a year to do some work. But like I've been working with this dude like for years, years. But the point of the whole story is that when he retired. Because he sold his company's retired. It's like he sold it for millions. I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know the actual number, but it definitely had an alien in it. So uh, he. <laughs> it's still funny to me. I remember it like it was yesterday. So I was talking to him like on the phone. Like that's how long ago this was. And um, so he, we were just going over some stuff, and he, he's. <laughs> I asked him how was retirement going, and he's like, well been a few weeks uh i have taken the cruise he took a cruise i think the baltics like a two-week cruise uh, or the balkans baltics but one of those uh, but he's like all right it's been a few weeks and i have taken the cruise i've always wanted to take and i've cleaned everything off my desk and i'm bored out of my fucking mind <laughs> this is a few weeks in <laughs> <laughs> this was at least five to seven years ago, like maybe even more, maybe even like ten years ago. And I was just that has always lived in the back of my head, like what am I gonna do when I retire? Like probably nothing. I feel like I feel like the boys will have stuff for me to do. Like I can see Colin and Corey be like, "This is where you gotta go, and this is what you gotta do." And and Charlotte will just be like, no matter what age that is, like Charlotte could be like forty five years old, and be like, "Oh, cool, you're retiring." All right, well, we're going to play Mario Kart at 10.30, and then we'll just move on from there, Dad. I expect Corey to just bring me along with him everywhere and then just, like, sit me in a chair in a corner, which is exactly what I'm hoping for, because that dude goes to get, like, ramen in the city, like, proper ramen, like, all the goddamn time. So, like, I am definitely, I'm I'm ready to hang, my son, like, anytime. Just drag old daddy along, like, just keep in mind all the times I wiped your ass, and returning the favor is definitely on the table, so... I'm going to do my best to make sure that's not an issue for anybody. So just, just in case anybody is wondering. So anyway, what's going on in Bacon is my podcast. I don't know. I'll have to read it. Uh, so what? Fe- they're still on So What Fest. 
these motherfuckers are just milking this one festival. I mean, they interviewed everybody. Everybody at So What Fest. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I think, like, next week is seven questions with the guy that was selling cotton candy at So What Festival. I mean, seriously, like, they made... They made full, like, this is how you do something. Like, you go to a festival to interview, like, this is what you do. You interview absolutely everybody and everybody's grandmother, if you can even get them. And then you just don't, I guess, work for, like, the next four months and stuff. And you just keep putting shit out. It's like, so what fest, like, seven, like, seriously, like, so what was that again, fest, is what it really ought to be at this point. But it's one Flew West band, and then the phone interview is Zillion, who I don't know, but uh, it might be the amount of money my dude just got for retiring. I'm not sure about that at all. And then they got uh, seven questions for uh, America Part 2. I did see the promo for that, so I'm going to check that out. But yeah, Bacon's my podcast. Still milking the So What Fest. God bless you over there, Bill. Um, in other news, uh, Rebel 9 is off for the foreseeable future we're taking a little bit of a break uh and our next shows are in october um i don't i still don't know that joey's actually announced it so i don't want to do that but we are playing locally on the first of october so mark your calendars and then we're playing we're back in scranton pennsylvania at the end of october so my entire scranton listening audience i expect to be there all one of you and that's cool that's what's going on I actually had some political stuff that I wanted to talk about because I know how much you all like that. Um, I think we should talk more about... See, I brought my phone today so I can send stuff right to voicemail. See how I did that? Um, we should probably talk about the fact that Mel and G are driving somewhere. I forget what it was. Something about... I think they're going to Maine, which is just... I hope somebody stops them at some border somewhere. But I could also see them driving right past Maine and ending up in Canada. Like, that sounds like that would be a good story. So we wish them well. More importantly than that, we wish everyone else on the New York State Thruway well. Or 95, that's the way they're going. On 95, you hear a lot of Hanson and I'll see a lot of weaving. Like, just, I want to just, like, change lanes real fast. But we wish them luck. Return safely. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, there's something else. Gonna, oh, I was I was going to say this one thing about uh, pro-choice and anti-choice. Sometimes, like, I have what I think are profound thoughts. By the way, I have a new angle to my microphone. I'm trying to not have as much noise come from it from the side. It's not really making much of a difference. But in case you were wondering why I had a new angle, that's the reason. Uh, so I, I have these pseudo-profound thoughts that I think are profound until I think them through. But this one just happened before I got on the show. So I'm going to run this one blind and just wild right through the show. And then we'll decide if it's profound on the other side. So what I was thinking about this whole pro-choice, anti-choice thing is that there really are two camps of people, right? There's, there's um, like, wh- whatever your opinion on when life begins, like, it, you should acknowledge that people have a difference of opinion on those things. And that's, that's okay, like... Like, people have a difference of opinion on whether the Earth is round or flat, but science has actually stepped in and said, nope, it's round, and flat earthers are dumb people. They didn't say that last part, but it's definitely implied by the first part. That's the point. Um, but in terms of when life begins, 
Unfortunately, it's not so cut and dry with science, right? Because, you know, people talk about, like, movement. Well, you can make dead frog legs move if you want. I mean, I'm not going to. Not currently. Uh, so, like, there's there's some debate, scientific, as to whether where, where life begins. Um, you know, and some people are, they absolutely believe that life begins at conception. There are some people that believe life begins when the egg is released. There's a lot of science to go against that. But there are still some people that believe that. And those are people that I think are a little bit more fringy. And I don't necessarily know that I take them seriously. But there are people that believe that life begins at conception. And there are people that life really begins at viability. And there are people all along that gradient that believe you know, different things. And that's fine. That's Subjective opinion should be allowed and encouraged. And discussions should be had on it. Whenever facts enter evidence, you can make your own decisions. And that's great. Um, but I realized, and I really kind of dipped out of a lot of it because it's, it's kind of cooled down. Just, you know, there's, you know how Americans are, immediate outrage, and then, oh, look, shiny new phone, like, which is completely the plan. But I've realized that it kind of breaks down into two camps. There are those that believe that life begins in conception and that all life is precious. You can subdivide those further to the people that believe all life is precious, uh, completely like when there are the people that seem to only believe that life is precious while it's in the womb because they just don't give a shit about it after which is you know anybody that's ever voted and voted for people that vote to cut like food stamps or end like head start programs or you know, poverty control if all life is precious then those things are precious too and you're a hypocrite so that's fine but whether or not that's the case is, is something completely different that's a sub subset people that believe that life begins at conception like they have an argument to be made right so those people and then the bigger in my opinion in my experience the bigger group of these people are the ones that are spouting the stuff that you know women are using abortions like birth control and they will point to like stuff like aberfacients and you know early term abortions and like they will they will definitely use late term abortions as you know the, the the poster for what they want the truth is there are so few late term abortions in America and even around the world that it's really a non issue like they even put out some sort of like abortions just in general like aren't even all that super common in fact they said that the the overruling of Roe was only going to affect about 11% of abortions because they're so hard to even get in the, <laughs> in the United States at this point. But the late-term abortions are really, really rare, and almost all of them are medically uh, necessary or medically-based decisions. So if we just pull all that out um, and just talk about, like, this, the 6 to 15-week, let's say 0 to 15 weeks, right? So you believe life begins at conception, like, right, you have an argument. But all these other arguments that I keep seeing are always, and you can correct me if I'm wrong in the chat here, um, <clears throat> But uh, all of these other arguments are some sort of flavor of women are just using abortions like birth control. And that's, you know, that, that, we, that we can't have that. That's, that's what it is, like disgusting abhorrent behavior, right? I, I don't see anything else. I either see, you know, God believes in life at con, you know, conception or, you know, women are, women are doing all these things. And I see a lot of stuff like, well, women, you know, should use better birth control and all that stuff. And you know, how I feel about birth control and like what's going on in the Supreme court, but like, there's a lot of that. But I realized my brain just put it all together as I was scrambling some eggs that like ironically scrambling some eggs. Um, 
that what that is is punitive, right? It's people punishing women for doing something, something whatever, not vacuuming properly, not making the sauce the way you know somebody's mom used to make it. You know, like it's it's punitive. Like you have one that's belief based, and that actually has some merit. Like you believe in those things. Like I truly believe in blah. Awesome. You should fight for that. You should be passionate about that. But on the other side of that, if you're just doing something to be punitive to somebody, like, I have news for you. You are the asshole, especially in this country where we have freedoms and liberties and stuff like that. And whether or not we have privacy, I guess, is up for debate. But we have liberty and we have freedoms. And if you are being punitive because somebody's doing something that you don't like, guess what? You're the asshole. Anyway, that just struck me as something I think we should all look out for when we see these arguments. Watch for people that are being punitive, right? Like that, that is, that is a very backdoor approach of a lot of conservatives, but definitely these Trump Tea Party conservatives. They're like, you know, we want our freedoms. What their freedoms are is they don't want to pay taxes and they want to own as many guns as they want. And be, be very clear. They always want their free. We want our freedoms. Yeah. We all want our freedoms. But you don't get to decide that whole pool of our freedoms. Because the rest of those freedoms are the freedoms to do whatever we deem necessary to do for our families, for our bodies, and our relationships, and all that other stuff. Those are freedoms, too. So for as much as you want your gun, stay the fuck out of everybody else's life, and then maybe we can talk. And stop being so punitive. Nobody's taking your guns away to be punishing. Like, we're not punishing you. We're actually trying to save other people. And there's a lot of arguments, and again, like, I'm pro-gun ownership. Like, I, I really do believe in it. I'm really, really concerned with the new wave of, like, yeah, let's conceal and carry. And even that dude in Indiana, it's, like, now a huge hero for shooting a would-be, um, a would-be, uh, not a serial killer, mass shooting. Like, that's great. Like, awesome. Like, Everyone's like, yeah, he's a hero. He's a hero. Like, does anybody remember that case, like, a few years ago where somebody carrying a gun walked into a situation and shot a black security guard that was detaining a white criminal? Because, obviously, the black guy did it. I mean, this is America, right? Like, that doesn't worry anybody. How many people are going to be like, conceal carry, have, like, a couple of drinks in, be like, I'm going to go involve myself in this situation? Like... Dude, do you know how many people I have met in bars and venues and stuff like across this great country for decades playing music that have zero goddamn judgment? Like, zero. Like, not even some good judgment. We're talking zero. We're going to give them, like, we aren't trying to, like, punish, like, the people that are taking their guns away. We're trying to keep other people safe. How many bar fights do you think are going to start ending in gun violence? Most of them? Like, anybody ever seen a Western? Anybody seen Tombstone? I mean, Jesus Christ. Cheated at cards, maybe, and now there's a gunfight on Main Street, like, at noon. Like, what's... Like, these are these are the things. Like, we're not trying to punish anybody until somebody, like, like kills somebody, and then obviously you're going to get punished. Like, those freedoms, like, freedom of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Like, you know what that first one is? Like, life? Like 
trying to protect people because guns are deadly force. And people are always like, well, why don't you take cars away from people? Like, I'm all for it, dude. I live just outside of New York City. Anybody trying to drive anywhere today? Like, I think we should start taking cars away from people. I think we got more reason for that. And that wouldn't even be punitive. That would be more fun for me. But, like, I, I don't have that kind of I don't have that kind of power. And this sucks because we're 20 minutes in and I actually wanted to talk about this. I highlighted this thing. That's how important this is. But I guess we'll have to talk about that later. I really didn't want to talk about it. I just thought the, I thought my revelation was interesting. Probably only to me, like usual. Uh, but this is actually an article on the India on the Move blog. And it's why practicing and rehearsing are not the same things. And I'm going to read that to you sometime a little bit later today or next week or possibly uh, never. It's exhausting being me most of the time. I can only imagine what it's like for you listening to me. <laughs> and I want to apologize for that. I'm going to do that by, uh, again, playing some brand new data. Remember, I'm super psyched that the song's good because I was definitely feeling like they were teetering. And it was like, hey, Jeremy, just don't fuck this one up. And he didn't. So, awesome. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yeah, man, it's some, uh, that's a little, little bit of... Song's called Reaper is really digging on that one, so that's cool. You know what else I've been digging on this week? I was playing the, I played the new song for No Love for the Middle Child last week. Uh, it's called My Friends, and it's got a bunch of guests on there, including um, drawing a blank, uh, chick from Stan Atlantic. Uh, I really like the song, and I actually went back and I listened to a lot of other No Love for the Middle Child songs, and I don't like any of them. So I guess this is the one shining example of them on the box, and I listened to them a lot, so. Now you get to listen to them a lot. I know it's not fair, but that's just the way it is. See how I'm being punitive right there? Yeah, exactly. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Can't go wrong with Coheed, Doc. So, I've mentioned before that uh, because we don't have cable vision, uh, we, we actually use YouTube TV, which I love, by the way. If anybody ever wants, like, hear like a real like person tell you about something but youtube tv definitely not a sponsor so fuck them um but because of that i follow news 12 on instagram just to kind of see stuff that's going on i've said for years like that's how i found out about like the chick that like just drove into patchogue bay which i still think is great <laughs> sorry patchogue bay. <laughs> what was it patchogue bay valet and car wash i forget what you guys came up with <laughs> it's funny. but anyway so like they're just on my instagram feed and you know depending on the story like it's kind of interesting generally but um they uh they are right bill bill is correct they are technically local they're from nyack um coheed is from nyack and actually, on their very first tour, Pauline will tell you that they played back at where it was Ollie's Point, the very same stage that I sang a show for a very first time. Although it was Mod Blooms 2. Sorry, it was Mod Blooms 2 at the point. At that point. They sang from the very same stage that I had very different career paths. But anyway, so I read the News 12 Instagram, and every now and then it's something that I can just feel the comments are going to be great. So I'll just, like, read them from time to time. Not all of them, because there's usually, like, 5,000 comments, so I just watch whatever, like, the highlighted ones are. So today, and, uh, you know, maybe maybe at lunchtime we can send our field reporter Q out to, to verify this, but apparently New Jersey has, like, lost a beach, like, not, like, misplaced it, like, erosion has just come and taken it away. And it's not due to any particular storm. It's just 
warmer temperatures, more water in the ocean because the ice caps are melting. Like you know, like when we talk about how flat Earth is ridiculous, like climate deniers are ridiculous too. Like you can argue whether or not man is causing this, but I think we all know it's woman that's causing it. Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding the women. Yeah, I saw a uh, post. It was Skeletor, I think, and it was like a meme that was like, uh, "Attention, women! Just so you know, mansplaining is when a man has to explain something to a woman." And I, just, like, I didn't know you could double down on obnoxious like that. <laughs> it was really, it was really well done. But uh, anyway, so I'm watching. So a, a New Jersey beach has just eroded away, and it's now gone. And you know that's sad because it is. But the, the comments, the first comments, <laughs> the very first one, even the beach is leaving New Jersey. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and then the second one, next, make New Jersey disappear. Ah. <laughs> There's a couple more, and then my favorite is the last one in the screenshot, which is basically, do Florida next. And I could not get behind that more if I was literally standing right by it. But it was just funny. So New Jersey is now short one beach. Fortunately, it wasn't any of the good ones, I guess. I think we would have heard if it were Seaside or uh, or Wildwood or Asbury. But like we seem to be good for those dirty uh, rock beaches. So we're, we're okay. Cape May seems to be okay. So I think we're all set. Um, so this happened this week. I have a new song from Disturbed. And I played it and checked it out on Friday, as you do. And I didn't like it. I grabbed it. I added it to my list to grab. I didn't even grab it right away. I just added it to my list to grab. And then I was like, man, I like other songs better. So I actually grabbed Stupefy, which is what I was going to play. Because Stupefy is like a classic Disturbed song. I think it might have been the one that broke them. But it's a great song. But I decided, I was like, I'll just grab Hey You anyway. That's the new one. And uh, as I was grabbing it and listening to it this morning, I liked it way better than I did on Friday. And I don't remember being in a particular bad mood on Friday. Like, I actually had a pretty decent day. I mean, I was definitely a little rushed and stressed about a couple things. But, like, it wasn't horrible. But, like, I didn't stub my toe or break a finger or anything like that. But, like, it was so weird. Like, it's only been a few days. And I'm like, I felt way different about it. So what I'm going to do right now is have one of those tiebreakers. So I didn't like it on Friday. I did like it this morning. Like, will I like it now? Like, will he? Won't he? Like, is this Sam and Diane from last season of Cheers? Like, probably not. But I'll let you decide. And then I'll decide what you decide after you've decided. Because I am the decider. <laughs> If you're old enough to remember that, man, I, I'm sorry. Then you're old enough to remember Stupefy, so you don't need to hear it. So here's brand new from Disturbed. Let me know what you think in the chat, 99WNRR.com. Uh, if you don't like it, as of always, you can just send a complaints over to Monty at CravingStrength.net, and we'll just go from there. It's Hey You, I'm Disturbed, in the box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I really should stay off Facebook. <laughs> I was literally just on because I'm on for the show, so I was, like, changing the profile thing, and I just... It's amazing. Like, I think, like, all my reasonable friends, and I'm air-quoting that. You can't say that, but I think all my reasonable friends have just left. They're just not on it anymore. You know, because, like, even, like, I'm... I always say, like, I'm not really on it, and 
Like, I'm not saying that I'm not on it, because obviously I am, and I wouldn't have these interactions. But I think that pretty much all that's left are people that just really are just assholes sometimes. Like, And, and I feel like the reason they show up in my feed is because they're the people that are so egregious with this that I call them out on it. And it's like, I just had back-to-back ones. Like, it was just actually really funny. Like, it was at the top of my feed, these two. Like, this one dude... Uh, first of all, it's like you, you can talk about like whatever argument you, you make for like the, the office of president, right? Like I actually had this conversation with a very dear friend of mine, uh, Mike O'Neill, who's the, who was, or will always be the, uh, singer and brains behind last Air for Lucy. Like, like he's, first of all, he's a goddamn Marine in the, in the Middle East. Like as if I didn't have enough respect for him anyway, but like he's that, but he's always been a straight talker and a straight shooter. And like, I don't know how aligned we are on, you know, all the issues, but like we always seem to agree. And I remember defending Trump once and he was like, you should basically, he was like, you should not do that. And I was like, well, you know, I was kind of raised to respect the office. And he's like, the office has lost respect because it's been treated with such disrespect that you don't have to respect it anymore. And I was like, fuck, that makes sense. And I understand that. And I was really like, I want to say like a crossroads, but like, not like a crossroads, like where you sell your soul, like at a crossroads where it's like, do I want to go to the bathroom or do I want to go to the kitchen? Like that kind of crossroads is really where I was at. But it changed the way I thought about it. I still believe you have respect for the office. I feel like you should respect the office and everyone should respect the office. Uh, But I do take his point and agree with him that it's already been disrespected. And until it's been put back in its place in its proper order, then it no longer deserves your respect. And that's kind of like what revolutions are about and stuff like that. But neither here nor there. So, like, I don't like specifically when people do that whole let's go Brandon thing for President Biden. I mean, you can not like the president all day long, but like, I still think you should have a monicum of respect. Also, I don't like bullies or name calling. I mean, for somebody that I, I name call in, like I use nicknames, right? Like I'm not, I, I only, I really, I think I only really name call like in anger and true disrespect people. Like I, I, I don't know. I'd actually have to think about that. So I've never really liked the let's go Brandon thing, but also it's not funny like and and a true a true shot a true sign of your average trump supporter is that they think things are funny that aren't funny because they're not smart enough to know any better and i don't mean to offend anybody like you know sometimes it's funny like every now and then i see some biden stuff that is just absolutely hysterical and again biden's not my guy like but he happens to be president and like i don't know man I feel like there's something but anyway so this whole thing is uh, from this one douchebag that i argue with from time to time who's actually a really good friend of a really good friend, which makes it uncomfortable sometimes. But he's like, hey, Brandon, I got COVID, and it was over. Uh, I was over it in four days. Difference was I was unvaxxed. And then he goes, shit talkers. So I was like, all right, well, that's awesome that your condition and your situation speaks for everyone else in the world. Maybe you should just be grateful and humble. <laughs> which is basically what I said, because he's an asshole. Right? Like, oh, I did this, so everybody should be able to do this. Okay, watch you give birth, fuckface. <laughs> Let's see you do that. Let's see you be a good person. Ah, I can't do that either. But then the very next one, and I fight with this dude all the time. I fight with Frankie constantly because he's such a fucking asshole. But, like, he's still a, like, I feel like he's somebody I could reach if he would just stop with the bullshit all the time. And, like, we had a huge blowout, like, weeks while ago about, like, you know, 
I disrespected him, and I was like, well, you were wrong, and you needed to be called out for the shit you were saying, because what you're saying is wrong, and, like, not even wrong, it's incorrect, like, you're lying, and then you're doubling down on it, and then you want to go toe-to-toe with me? Like, listen, C-minus, man, you don't stand a chance going toe-to-toe with me. So we had this whole thing about, like, respect and disrespect, he's like, you know, no matter what you say and you believe, like, I'll still love and support Rebel 9, and I'm like, that's fine, that's great, like, that's cool, I separate music and politics all the time, as I think people should. But the reality is, like, I considered you a friend at one point, and what you're doing is bad for everybody, and I don't like it. And if you're going to keep posting that shit and then respond to me, like, you want to, like, like, go at me, like, or go with me on a conversation, like, I will answer you back. Disrespect intended. So, apparently that had absolutely no take on him whatsoever, because his post today was, I won't use someone's pronouns for the same reason I won't talk to a schizophrenic's imaginary friends. So all I can really say is, like, oh, still all about the respect I see. It's not about you, dude. Like, stop. None of this stuff is about you people. And that's the thing you need to realize. Like, all these Trump supporters and these Tea Party people, it's all about them. It's all fear-based. Like, what about me and mine and all that other stuff? It's fine to protect your interest. It really is. And you should look out for your interest because I got news for you. Nobody else is coming to save you. Not in this world. Not in this generation. Not in this political landscape. And certainly not on this Supreme Court. Like, that is a really good thing to do. But, like, in terms of everything else and shitting on everybody else and what they're trying to accomplish with their lives, like, dude, it's not about you take your gun go into your compound and shut the fuck up and let everybody else live their life also the goo goo dolls have a new song and i'm absolutely loving the new stuff thank god for johnny resnick and fuck dan and uh and frankie and you know honestly fuck facebook but uh don't fuck the goo goo dolls i love those guys i mean unless you guys are friends and it's cool like and consensual it's always got to be consensual but don't forget to pull out although they're in new york so whatever i'm gonna shut up it's called you are the answer on the box hard rock lunch box i really am loving all the new goo goo doll stuff it's just i think it's just so good all right so back in the day by the way, this show is about to finish its eighth year. I'm going to let that sink in. What What have you done for eight years? Like, I'm going to start my ninth year in August. I think we go to ten. I think we go to ten and then we, we, we call it. What do you think? Anybody? Yeah, probably not. What else am I going to do on Thursday afternoon? <laughs> um, so back in the day, the show, the main audience for this show was bands. was local bands. Bands I befriended and toured with and stuff, and we used to talk about like all kinds of behind the scenes sort of thing, which was fun. It was fun for us. Uh, I have a few bands that still listen on the regular. I actually have more than I than I thought because what will happen is like I'll hear from somebody, and be like, "Oh shit, that was a good point," or whatever. Like, so, but in case any of them are listening, I actually pulled down an incredibly rare, well written post. <laughs> From the internet, of all places. I know that doesn't happen all that often. But, uh, hold on. Yeah, I know that was a lot of dead air. I'm sorry. Super professional. What are you going to do? Take my show away? (laughs) Think you could do this job? It's always a no! Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Uh, so. Uh, the, 
I, I got to tell you, man, I, I get, I'm on, a, I'm on a lot of mailing lists, right? And I don't usually remove myself from mailing lists because it's important for mailing lists to have numbers because they, that's how they get paid and stuff like that. And it takes me seconds to delete it, so I just do it. But I have read so many blog posts that are so superficial and don't actually answer anything. I mean, you've heard me rail. Like, anytime, anytime somebody posts how to be a full-time musician, I'll tell you exactly what it is. Uh, do this for 40 hours. Poof, magically, you're a full-time musician. That's it. That's it. The inside is going to be like, well, work on your craft, network with people, spend an hour online. You know, it's all the same shit. It's always been the same stuff. Like, how to do it. Like, DIY. Like, got it. Totally got it. Uh, and a lot of other articles, including ones that I've written, are pretty trite sometimes, like, because you have to shorten them down. But whenever I do bother to write, like, a blog post or something like that for, like, Total Order Magazine, which, by the way, they've asked me for another article that I haven't done. Oh, my God, I haven't done that. Um, I try and write about something that's important and passionate, or I just don't, and they run they run with an old article. So a lot of these things are usually pretty stupid and pretty... Um, I, guess they're, I guess they're targeted towards bands that aren't very good or bands that are starting out or bands that don't know anything and i'm definitely jaded in the sense that i learned a lot early like i was in i was in bands in my teens and early 20s that were doing really big shit and i'm not bragging i'm just saying because of that i learned a lot early so i didn't actually have to learn a lot um, playing local shows of you know that kind of stuff. I mean, I had plenty of lessons to learn. Like I was actually just talking to uh, um, uh, was I even talking? Yeah, I guess I was saying that um, you know I learned so much when when we did the. Di- I was talking to the band about the diaries, uh, how much I learned you know in that process and like learned, like I had never even considered editing a song before. Like once it was written, yeah, I was saying this just the other night. Like, once a song is written, when I was in G-Davy, like, once we wrote a song and played it live, like, it was it. We didn't touch it. it was, that was done. Never even occurred to me that you could just, like, keep editing and editing and editing a song until it was perfect. Never even occurred to me until I got to the Diaries, which I think is why the Diaries is such a much better record, because I actually took the time to work on my craft. Like, I learned that lesson. That was good. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. But this particular article, I read it because it's something I've been saying for years, and all, you know, like, truly, uh, this article said it better than I did, and explained some things that made made it simpler and easier to understand, and, you know, it's, it's something that we discuss in the band from time to time, uh, it's something I've discussed with every band I've been in since I was, you know, 17 years old, it was definitely something that was drilled into me early on when I was, uh, was in other people's bands, and that's why I kind of knew it, it's why I also... Why I've always wanted it from the bands that I've been in, uh, and why I've really wanted to be able to expect it from the bands that I've been in, but like I've grown to not. Like every band I've been in does not take these lessons or this logic seriously, or does not totally embody it. Some do, tr- some try to, which I appreciate, and I realize sometimes situations like get in the way and stuff. But, like, so it's really the whole thing's about, and I want to read the whole thing. It's on Indie on the Move if you want to check it out. IOTM.org, I think, .com. But the article is called Why Practicing Practicing and Rehearsing Are Not the Same Things. And uh, guest post written by Scott Amon. It was originally featured on the Legit Music blog. And every musician should get into the habit of practicing and rehearsing. 
Some people think there are two words for the same thing. Practice and rehearsal are not the same things. You need to know the difference so you can do both properly. And as amateurs, musicians, practice until they can get it right. Professionals practice until they can't get it wrong. Quoted by Harold Craxton, one-time professor at the Royal Academy of Music, right? That makes sense, right? Anybody that's been in a professional band, and I know there are people that are listening to me that know exactly what I mean by that, right? Like, amateurs practice until they can get it right, and professionals practice until they can't get it wrong. My band is a professional band. We practice until we can't get it wrong, and still manage to all the time, which is, you know, just means that we need more practice. We also need more rehearsal because they're different. And if you want to know what the difference is, I'm about to tell you, according to this thing. Um, practicing is something we do as musicians to get better at our craft. Uh, most of the time it is spent learning a new skill, honing an existing one, blah, 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 blah. Um, practice time is also when we should learn the parts to songs. Practicing makes us ready for rehearsal. Okay, That is the thing where most band members, not just my band, and my band is much better at it than a lot of other bands, for sure. And by the way, like nobody, nobody in my band fails these all the time. So I just want to make that very clear. We've had these arguments as a band about when these things fall short, but as in general, the reason my band sounds the way they do and performs the way they do is because most of the time everybody does their job, right? And we've all seen bands, especially local bands, that cannot hold a candle to the bands that do, right? Like Craving Strange is a really good example. You saw anybody that saw them uh, at, in Patchogue at 89 North saw what an absolute 100% pro show that was. We've all seen most other Long Island bands not ever, ever in a million years going to be able to do that. And that's just a fact. But it's also a very, very strong shortcoming because it is super easy to do. I mean, yes, sorry, talent and songwriting and all that other stuff are, you know, you can believe in that, that it's God given and stuff like that. But to be able to put together, I've seen bands with real shit songs put on really great shows because they're practiced and rehearsed. So, but I've also seen bands with good songs put on horrible shows because, because they're not practiced or rehearsed. So anyway, so that's, that's practicing. And I'm just going to read that sentence again. Right, so practice time is also when we should learn the parts of the song. Practicing makes us ready for rehearsal. Super important. Uh, and then it goes on to talk a little bit about like the 10,000 hours and like how you master everything in 10,000 hours. This is kind of a guideline. Uh, but he says his point was um, his point was that these people who seemed like naturals at an instrument shared one thing in common. They all got to that 10,000 hours of practice when people considered them to be exceptional musicians. So how many hours of practice do you think you have in? Now, I have well over 10,000. I would just, I would imagine I have in the 20s or 30s, right? So like, but I also, when I session work or just play guitar in general, like, it's effortless for me to play those things, right? There are some things I can't do because I haven't ever worked on them or practiced them. But like, in terms of like, playing like rhythm guitars and most melodies like i'm one or two takes in the studio like i am and no all can see the side i am that good and i am that practiced and believe me the practiced is the more important part so that's so that's kind of all about the practice like how good are you like what are you stepping into the rehearsal with do 
you know your part? Do you know your instrument? Do you know your craft? Right? So then it goes, what is rehearsal? And rehearsing is all about the performance. You should not use this time to learn your parts. That is where I fight with my band most of the time. Like, most of the time. Because we go to rehearsal on something that I've already practiced and learned, and now they have to learn it too. And again, it's not all of them, and it's not all of them every time. It's just something that comes up, and it's something that pisses me off. Because as somebody that's done the work, when you show up into a room where other people haven't, it's incredibly difficult. And I will tell you this, it goes into this whole thing, and this is good. This this is actually doesn't apply to my band because we we do the fuck out of this as a group. Like we all do. This is not even like a dictate for me. Like we as a band know the importance of this. And I'm just gonna read this because this is actually very similar to a conversation I was having with G after her last show of uh, just trying to give her some tips about stage uh, performance and stuff like that. So I'll read it in case it's interesting to anybody else. Uh, one good technique for rehearsal before a show is to go through your entire set from start to finish just like you would play during the show. See how the set flows from song to song. Do all the, so- do all the songs sit together? If not, now is the time to move them around. It is also a good at- idea to set a timer and make sure your set length um, fits in the time allocated. You don't want to play too long or not long enough. Now is also a good time to, to try some new stage banter. Nothing kills the vibe of a long dead... Nothing kills the vibe like a long dead silence between every song. To see how you look and hear how you sounded during rehearsal, make sure to set up some kind of recording device. Read my previous post about recording yourself, right? That is... I give that advice to absolutely every up-and-coming musician because it is the same problem that I see all the time. Play a song, you stop, you kind of nervously talk, play another song, you stop, kind of nervously talk. There's just no need for that. Like, if you're doing acoustic and singer-songwriter stuff, like, that's fine. Because that's part of the, you know, the, the behind the music or storytellers. Like, that's part of it. Like, that's that's great. Um, but, like, when you're doing a performance, like, you should roll in and out of the songs. Like, you've been playing it this way for months. And it's just, it creates a, it creates a ride for the audience. It's super important. I say it all the time, but I thought he said it brilliantly there. Um, and then it just kind of goes on like even the famous bands do these two things and he's talking about practicing and rehearsing and he points out like nobody wants to be the guy that was once good but now sucks right that's that's super true right like and that we see that too all the time like yeah you used to be great but like what happened but he ends it with this and this is the this is the crux of it for me if i rehearsed five nights a week and just didn't really care and it was like my full-time job and stuff like that and and it was fun to do without the aggravation of like a lot of a lot of rehearsing and practicing. Um, it talks about your time is precious. When you both practice and rehearse, then you are more efficient with your time. You can practice whenever you have the time and don't need others to do this. Rehearsal is harder to schedule because you need to find the time when multiple people can attend. Don't waste precious rehearsal time by not being prepared. Believe me, it is annoying to the other people if you are the only one who doesn't know the part. The overall result of doing both things is an amazing show. And that's what it's about. And he's right. Now, to my own failing, my own discredit, Kaz has called me out many times for, like, I don't know, talking to, like, Noodle or Tony or even Kaz about stuff that's not band really, just shooting the shit. And a lot of times, it's to clear my headspace, like, for sure, but I appreciate that, yeah, man, I'm wasting our rehearsal time, and I'm sorry. I do try and limit that, 
sometimes I really do need a break, and I don't take long, extended, like I don't smoke, like that kind of stuff. So I get it. We talk between songs, and it's you know it's not the most efficient use of time. So I I really I will try and do better, and have tried to do better about that. And and I, and I often do feel when conversations are going on a little too long, I do try and steer them into the into the thing. So I, I'm definitely guilty of that. But I I will tell you, I have shown up to practice several times where I've basically given a full song to the band where all the parts are written like here just learn it and you know somebody has it one two three of them have it. sometimes it's because they didn't have time and that's fine that we'll just wait but i've definitely been in arguments with noodle where it's like no i want to go over it now because i like the song and i'm like well, you don't know it and he's like, well, I just well, let me learn it now. And the, th- the thing that he doesn't so- sort of seem to get, and a lot of people maybe don't sort of seem to get, is like as the songwriter, somebody that's put in all this time already on this song, like, I'm not your music teacher, man. Like, I am not somebody you are paying to teach you how to play Stairway to Heaven. And that's a big thing. At the end of a day, when I've worked all day and I've worked on this song and I'm excited to work on it too, I think the very least you can do is show up with that song in your wheelhouse. Like, that's important. That's important to me, and that's about respect. And if you don't have it because you just haven't had the time to do it, that's fine. I'm not an asshole about it. I just don't want to work on it until you do. To their credit, the last couple times really hasn't been an issue. So I don't know if that particular blowout or argument fixed that sort of thing, but it's better to not have that. But I will say, like, I immediately I have a new song that I'm working on right now. I actually just need to find the time to drop the lyrics on it. But, like, I literally have anxiety and hesitation about when I'm going to give the guys the song because it starts that whole thing over again. Like, all right, well, it's okay. And, <laughs> you know, and then we go over it. And then is, is it going to be the same the, the following week? Or are we going to forget, like, what we worked on? Like, it's... It's tough on me, and that might be my fault, and that might be my shortcoming, but it doesn't change the fact that it is, and it could be fixed if everybody just sort of knew their parts and did their practicing instead of doing it, uh, did their practicing on their own instead of doing it at the rehearsal. So there is my very long uh, take on this particular article and why I think it was so important, why I think it was so well said, and for any bands listening out there, like that is the difference between practicing and rehearsing. So if you're the person that's not doing the practicing but showing up to rehearsal anyway, like you are wrong and you are causing problems. And you should probably try and correct that or at least acknowledge it. And for the rest of you out there, the band leaders, like if you're having problems at practices because people aren't ready to rehearse, that's why. And now I've just given you words with which to listen to with, with which to speak. So you're not alone out there on either side. And, uh, you know, maybe if we could all just work together, we could just get along. I don't know. What do I know? I've only been doing it for a thousand years. Here's a little Stone Sour box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Would I drive several states away to see Hanson perform? Of course not. Would I play something on the box from them because other people are? Yeah. Of course I would. Wouldn't I? Sure I would. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Ah, it's the broads from Jackknife Stiletto. Apparently they're still a thing, even though they refuse to put out new music. Just saying, jackknifestiletto.com. Make them do it. They're not very tall. Probably force them to do a lot of stuff. But I'm just saying. Just saying. I actually have their record on vinyl, like right behind me. So they should release it on Spotify before I do. I'm just saying. Andy, you gonna release that album anytime soon? It's always a no. 
Yeah, see? <laughs> Jimmy always chiming in with the with the facts, the hard truth. The hard truth. A Farewell Fire has a EP release show tomorrow night, 889 North, if you're in the area. I suggest you check it out. I, the only band that even looks familiar that on that list is the band Quiet, which I think was Scarabino's old band. I don't know for sure. I have to check, but uh, I don't know any of the other bands, so I can't comment on them. But it has been a while since AFF have played a show. I thought, actually, this was like the first release they've done in like 10 years, but I, I looked in Spotify, and there was like another one that sounded familiar and looked some of the songs so like I'm not going to say it's their first one in 10 years because I don't know that to be true but it is their first one in this year so I can at least say that they've uh, dabbled out a couple of uh, singles from it already but uh, I decided to play this one Uh, it's called This Beautiful Release and it's brand new A Farewell Fire right here on The Box Hard Rock Lunch Box so yesterday I was just sitting around listening to Spotify, working like I kind of do like every la- waking moment of my existence, uh, and I was just like, I forget what record I was listening to. I was listening to something, and then I put on the new Chevelle record, the brand new one, Neritas, and it is just it's a it's such a good record. But I appreciate that really only the deepest Chevelle fans are going to really hear what I hear in it, and that's fine. I'm not here to preach the gospel. Like like Chevelle, don't like Chevelle, like it's okay. Like I objectively know they're one of the better hard rock bands out there for what they put together, and that's fine. Like you can like them or not, but they are a very good they are a very good hard rock band, and they are very good songwriters. Uh, I wish Pete Loeffler would do a little bit more with his lyrics from time to time, because even I don't understand half of them most of the time, and that's sad. But he has the ability to convey intent and emotion, even with, with words that don't matter, just in the way he performs them. And that, my friend, is truly something special. So, as I often do when I listen to Chevelle, I end up listening to uh, the entire album of Sci-Fi Crimes, which is definitely a top ten record for me. Uh, it should be for any hard rock fan, but again, it's about me. Uh, I I think so. But what happened is I actually took a snapshot of it from Spotify or shared it right from Spotify to the band's Instagram story saying you'd be hard pressed to find a better album than this. And while I truly believe that in my heart of hearts, what happened next was absolutely amazing to me because Chevelle went ahead and shared that on their story. And I was like, holy shit, I am now best friends with Chevelle. So... I don't know if that means we're hanging out this weekend or not, but, like, yo, call me. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yeah, man, it's that time once again. It's time for your weekly Craving of the Week with Craving Strange. Isn't that right, Jimmy? No, you're wrong. Jimmy's perfect, perfect batting average has fallen. Did I think he? Did, did you misspeak? Well, Jimmy, Jimmy failing. <laughs> yeah, I don't care what Jimmy says. It is indeed time for uh, the weekly craving of the week, and uh, we're still playing with some of the newer songs because uh, we we promote here on the, on the Hard Rock Lunchbox. I mean, yes, we tend to promote to people that already know all of Craving songs, probably mainly because of the Weekly Craving of the Week, but they could hear this stuff other places. I don't know where you would find another Weekly Craving of the Week, but I'm sure it's somebody, maybe at Monty's house. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. 
And more importantly, I don't care. Because it is time for Rise. It is always a good time for the Sex Pistols. God, were they awful and great and awful at the same time. But listen, we're at the end of another Hard Rock Lunch Box. I know half of you are like, thank goodness. And the other half of you are like, thank God. So whatever you're thanking today, God or goodness, just know that we will return here exactly one week shy of two hours. And we do this all again. But also know that because you're important to me and matter to me as a listening audience and as people in general... I've got some for you, mainly because you've earned it. See you next week on The Box. Hard Rock Lunch Box.